We're back in another international window, which means it is time to talk about the U.S. men's national team. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Backheeled Show. My name is Joe Lowry, and on this episode, we're diving into the USMNT ahead of their two games against Germany and Ghana. Those are their two October friendlies. We'll talk a bit about those teams, and we'll talk a bit more about the purpose of these games building towards 2026. So all that and more coming up in just 10 minutes or less, because here at the Backyield Show, it's just what we do. So let's get to it and talk USMNT. Folks, let's chat about these upcoming USMNT friendlies. The U.S. will take on Germany at 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Saturday, October 14th. That's 12 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, for those of you that are wondering what it's like to watch the U.S. from my time zone. And then the U.S. will take on Ghana on Tuesday, October 17th at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Now, we'll talk about what these games mean for the U.S. and how Greg Baralter should approach them. All of that stuff, we'll get to that in just a second. But first, I want to talk about the purpose of these games at all and really what the U.S. should be doing between now and 2026 when they have games on the calendar. Germany is a good opponent. Ghana is a sneaky, dangerous opponent that isn't particularly well organized. But there is talent in both of these teams. They represent good opportunities, especially Germany to take on a team that can really show you where you are. And I think that's going to be a huge part of this window. It's going to be a big part of the narrative for the United States. But I don't know if you've picked up on this. I have over time. It's felt weird. Our conversations around the U.S. men's national team have changed, not just because of the Gio Reyna saga that's followed the World Cup. And it feels like that's dominated so much of the discourse and the Greg Berhalter rehire. But really, you think about on the personnel side of things. In the last World Cup cycle, we were wondering who is going to play for this U.S. team when they qualify, or if they qualify, for the 2022 World Cup. That is not really the question for this team anymore. We can probably name six, seven, eight starters who are likely to be in the lineup for the U.S. men's national team in their first game of the 2026 World Cup right now. You could probably run through the list in your head of players that are almost certainly going to play big roles for that World Cup team. I think about Matt Turner and goal. I think about the front line, Christian Pulisic, Tim Weah, Falorn Balogun. I think about someone like Weston McKenney and Eunice Musa, maybe Tyler Adams, maybe Gio Reyna, Serginho Dest, Jedi Rock. Like you can run through the list, Chris Richards, of players that are likely to be involved. We don't have so many question marks around the 11. Yes, there are some, absolutely, but not 11 anymore. There are maybe three or four or five, somewhere in that range Things have changed, which has changed the kinds of conversations that we have about this team and should change how Greg Berhalter is running some of these camps. Now, I think he did a good job of it in the last window, his first in charge of the U.S. in this second cycle. But the real purpose, the primary purpose for the U.S. men's national team in this October window and beyond should be getting the top guys on the field together to get reps. And that's especially interesting, I think, right now because against a team like Germany on Saturday, you're going to be tempted to change things. You're going to be tempted, maybe we sit a little bit deeper, and I'm not sure that's a bad idea. Maybe we change out some of our personnel and go more defensive and maybe add another center back or maybe add another defensive-minded midfielder. I don't think those things are worth doing because realistically, Greg Berhalter knows his top guys, and maybe some will rise, maybe some will fall, but he knows his top guys. This is about getting the top guys on the field together 
to get them reps and to improve the product that we saw at the 2022 World Cup, which was not a bad tournament for the U.S. It wasn't a fantastic one. It wasn't a terrible one. It just kind of was. But to get more out of the group that primarily played against England, it primarily played against the Netherlands, now with a nice little cherry on top in Fallor and Balogun, get these guys on the field together, working on their patterns in the final third, working on their mid-block shape and their pressing cues out of that shape, working on all of the little intricacies to take what you had before and make it into something better. Because realistically, a lot of players aren't going to come in and change up the recipe. Some will, but this is largely what the U.S. is going to be working with. I would wager... In less than three years' time, it's going to be a lot of the same guys that we've come to expect. So I'm hoping that in this window against Germany, against Ghana, in November, where the U.S. has a key CONCACAF Nations League quarterfinal coming up that could help them book their spot in the Copa America next summer, I'm hoping that the U.S. will be using these windows to get Balogun and Weah and Pulisic even more on the same page, to figure out where Gio Reyna fits and, and really, in this window, how much he can play at all to get Yunus Musa reps at the number six spot, to try out Chris Richards with Miles Robinson or CCV Moore at center back, to run through all of those things, refine first rather than overhaul. And that's how I'm viewing these windows. That's how I think Greg Berhalter should be viewing these windows as well. Now let's talk a little bit more about the U.S.'s actual opponents. They take on Germany on Saturday, Ghana on Tuesday. The quick hits here. And we dove way more into this over on the Total Soccer Show. Taylor Rockwell and I earlier this week Go check that out for more exhaustive previews of these teams. But to give you the quick hits now, Germany coached by Julian Nagelsmann. Yep, if you forgot that that happened, that happened. The former Bayern Munich manager, just 36 years old, but regarded as one of the best coaches in the world. And they are still stacked on talent. Jamal Musiala, Leroy Sané, Thomas Muller, Kai Havertz, Joshua Kimmich, Leon Goretzka. You can run through the list of players that are in this team. It's not a perfect side, and they've had challenges at major tournaments recently. But on talent, for me, they are up with the best of the best in the world right now. It's going to be a massive test for the U.S. And Ghana, less so, but they have talent as well. Mohamed Kudush is the name that really stands out to me. Playing in the Premier League, moved there from the Eredivisie in the summer transfer window. Going to have individual talents, Thomas Partey and Aki Williams. But they're not particularly well coached. Their press is porous at times. Their attacking play looks more improvised than pre-planned. They have individual talent that can punish the U.S., especially in transition and maybe in possession here and there. But the U.S. will have a chance against Ghana to control the game. The Germany game will be a different story. I'm fascinated to see how Greg Berhalter tactically is going to approach this game. I don't think he's going to sit back in a super deep block and absorb pressure for 90 minutes. We've virtually never seen the United States do that with 11 players on the field under Greg Berhalter. But do you let off the gas a little bit? Do you spend a bit more time in that mid-block? Do you play the ball a little bit longer and more vertically in possession. I don't know what that's going to look like, but the balance of that game, after we saw the U.S. largely control proceedings against the Netherlands, partially because they went down early at the World Cup, after we saw them make some changes against England, this represents a third time to play an elite team in the Greg Berhalter era. It was really just those three. It's just England, it's just the Netherlands, it's just Germany. The list of really good teams that the U.S. has played in the last four-plus years is not very long. So this is another opportunity for the U.S. to see where they are, to see how they're going to set up against the types of teams that they will have to face if they're going to make a deep run at the World Cup in 2026. I'm very, very curious about what this game, especially against Germany, again, that's on Saturday, October 14th at 3 p.m. Eastern time, 
is going to look like. And we'll have plenty more coverage of the U.S. men's national team here on the show and over at backheel.com. We've got some fun stuff cooking over there on the U.S. MNT side of things and the rest of the American soccer landscape. Go check that out and subscribe. Thank you in the meantime for listening to this episode. We'll have plenty more here on the feed coming up later this week and beyond. For now, we'll talk to you again real soon.